0: I can't tell you how thrilled I was when Andy McNabb agreed to be a guest on the podcast. From the day Andy was found in a carrier bag on the steps of Guy's Hospital in London, he has led a quite extraordinary life. From teenage delinquent to a young soldier, he waged war against the IRA in the streets and fields of South Amar. As a member of 22 SAS, he was at the centre of covert operations for nine years on five continents. During the Gulf War, he commanded Bravo 2 a patrol that, in the words of his commanding officer, will remain in regimental history forever. Awarded both the Distinguished Conduct Medal and Military Medal during his military career, McNabb was the British Army's most highly decorated, serving soldier when he finally left the SAS. Since then, Andy McNabb has become one of the world's best-selling writers, drawing on his insider knowledge and experience. As well as several non-fiction bestsellers, including of course Bravo 20, the biggest selling work of British military history, He is the author of the best-selling Nick Stone and Tom Buckingham thrillers. He's also written a number of books for children. Besides his writing work, he lectures to security and intelligence agencies in both the USA and the UK and works in the film industry, advising Hollywood on everything from covert procedure to training civilian actors to act like soldiers. He continues to be a spokesperson and fundraiser for both military and literary charities. In this brilliant, and wind-raging conversation, Andy and I chat through a whole host of topics, not least his good psychopathic personality. I think you'll get a lot from this great conversation. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy. I'm really excited to say that Andy has given us three of his best-selling books to give away to listeners of Your London Legacy, and they're all signed, signed copies just for you guys. And one of the books is the 20th Anniversary Edition, revised and updated, Of his best-selling Bravo 2-0 the classic true story of the legendary SAS Patrol if you want to get your hands on one of these three books then please go to the Instagram account for your London Legacy or the Twitter account and put in there that you want to grab a copy DM me and I'll get a copy over to you as soon as you can but please in the Instagram account or the Twitter account or our Facebook group please give us a shout out and tag Your London Legacy and tag Andy McNabb and let us have you uh, DM me and I can get them over to you as soon as possible. It's a really cool gift to have signed by the one and only Andy McNabb. I'm Steve Lazarus and this is Your London Legacy. Well, I am absolutely delighted today to have on the podcast the one and only Andy McNabb of Bravo Two Zero fame. So, thank you very much. No Andy. pleasure. Thanks for asking me. No, no. Well, a busy man indeed. You don't. You don't live in London at the moment. I understand no. you live. You live in New York. So, yes. to even. Take the time. You did. I know you didn't fly back specially to see me. Uh, that, that would have been. <laughs> that, that <laughs> no, was, let's, let's say we did. Come on, you it's did, good. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. So you got the red eye just there, yeah, just, yeah. Exactly, just to yeah. see me. So how are you doing anyway? Yeah, very well. Yes. Very well, thanks. Yeah, good. And what do you make of all this coronavirus nonsense? Do you
1: happening? know what? It's um, obviously everybody's saying that you know everyone's getting all hyper right here in the UK. You go to America, it's 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 tenfold. You know, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got daughter went to a. You know, they got like morning yoga class. Everybody's getting the third degree. Who have you seen? Where have you been? Where have you done? You know, all that sort of stuff. So it's in comparison, everything's being dealt with here quite sensibly. Really? <laughs> yeah. So
0: having read a little bit about, well, having read your one of your books, the Good Psychopath Guide to Success, which I want to dig into a yeah, bit more about sure. your your personality yeah. traits. Yeah. What, what do you make of all this hype about it? I mean, do you, do you think it's a complete load of nonsense and people? No,
1: I think there has to be a hype. I think that because then that, that'll be the way to, to control it. I think that, that one of the the, the the strange things is because we've got great systems in place to so stop these things happening every other year. We, we do get complacent, which we would do because we don't have to worry about that. People got other things that are to worry about. So when something does crop up which is one of the hundreds possibilities, you know, because of, of medicine being so amazing now. So it's got to be heightened because we culturally, we don't really we don't really get confronted with so many diseases now. Yeah. So once it happens, we've really got to hit it, really got to go overboard to actually hopefully sort of stop it and control it. Mm.
0: I just feel with the, the amount of negative press that there is on everything nowadays yeah. and the, the amount that's coming out on this coronavirus that it, it's causing like a degree of panic like you wouldn't believe when yeah, you look at yeah, the yeah, statistics yeah. of the people who die every day from cancer and other right, flu run over, and it's like really I yeah mean, do we have to make such a fuss about it i know if, if it happens it's going to happen
1: well i think yeah but that's that's the that's the, the the if you like the the nature of the media because you know obviously the you know we talk about the advent of 24 hour news what's been with us for decades now but actually it's it's a product that has to be sold so if it's it it's coming out the days agenda it's mm. it's got to be heightened because it's something that's got to be sold so it's very much like you know normal marketing it it's you know they you know people make money from the news yeah. so it's it's you know they got to crack on they got to They've got to expand. The media
0: loves a negative yeah, story. Oh, don't yeah. they? <laughs> I saw it on the on the papers, driving uh, coming in on the train today. It was a cr- crown of vi- crown of virus because it was the Queen giving her. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, her yeah. yeah exactly, today. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, any, any connection? Any her, connection? Yeah. Crown of virus, yeah. fantastic. And she was wearing gloves for the first time, apparently. Well. What a what, a, what a story that is! Yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah! Amazing. So tell us where, uh, without you don't have to obviously be specific, but where are tell us tell us where we are in London because I always like that. Uh, we're, we're at Clapham near the Common, Clapham mm. Common.
1: Uh, basically, they're, they're, they're part of a. Business um, called Full Select. We've been going for about ten years now. and What we do, we take uh, ex-military people, wh- whether they're you know they're, they're they're getting out or they're already uh, we're out. And what we do, we place them within the defence industry. Predominantly now, um, uh, initially we were putting them in a, everywhere in the construction in the industry. Uh, well, anybody who would, would take them really, and now it's sort of. Moved itself into within the defence industry, and and particularly in the Middle East, you know the the British arms contractors have large contracts in 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 the Middle East, so it's more. Uh, The technical side of life for two reasons, really, because that's what really the, you know, sort of defense contracts are all about rather than like, you know, lads running around with body armor on and and weapons. Um, It's all about maintaining equipment, uh, training for people to use the equipment. And obviously, as a business, the more technical people that you you put into a business, well, basically the more money you're going to make because they've got higher skills. skills So it's evolved now into into more of um, a military technical. Side, um, uh, whether it's to do with aerospace or or even sort of you know large bits of
0: kit like tanks and all that sort of mm. stuff, um, and yeah, and it and it's uh, yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right. Good. So these are guys from the British Army, presumably, or these are right across. Yeah, different. no, we have
1: Brits, uh, we've we got, we got Americans, we've got some Canadians. And, and so basically, like any other business, what happens is these, within the defence contractors, whatever countries they're in, they, they, they give us the requirements, what they need. And as long as we can get people to fulfil those requirements and all the normal sort of bureaucracy of work visas and that, all that sort of stuff. So particularly it would be, you know, uh, uh, UK nationals um, and North American nationals because the administration's a lot easier for, you know, work visas and all the all the bureaucracy that has to go on to get people into a country uh, and, and working.
0: Mm. So, as you say, we're sat here in your, um, your rather splendid offices high up here. Glass. Yeah, looking yeah, look down, yeah. <laughs> a okay. goldfish, goldfish bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this actually makes a good podcast studio, yeah. I have to say, looking looking down on the square there. Very nice. And Clapham is a lovely area. Um, um, the common just yeah, over the road. Yeah, very there. much so, yeah. Not a million miles away from where you were born and grew up. No, and, no, up, and in fact, up, when, anyway. you, when you said about
1: here, I was living in uh, in Peckham and it makes in Brixton and Brixton, and Brixton you know, up at the bottom, um, you know, well, literally just around a corner but it's – when I was a kid, Clapham was a dump, an absolute dump. People were going, right, you're living in Clapham. And it was really sort of that 80s, you know, when all the property boom, you know, yes. the Thatcher years, all yes. that sort of stuff. And even people who were, were buying these, you know, these these terraced houses in, in, in Clapham, you're going, really? It's an absolute dump. Yeah, you know, they made a good move then, didn't they? Oh, yeah, <laughs> a really good <laughs> move. Because even the, even the common, you know, no one would go near it. Because really? of the violence. And, all and you know, and, and you think – what a dump! And then all of a sudden, bing, it's Gen- up it's Gentrification. a yeah,
0: it's amazing. It is. It's lovely. Absolutely I, I, I've amazing. been here a few times recently because of work, and I had a client yeah. who had a property overlooking the common. I mean, it was magnificent. Yeah. Really yeah, wonderful. yeah, 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 So it's a lovely area, Peckham. I don't know if that's imp- Peckham, I don't yeah. know if that's improved a lot since has, you were a yeah,
1: kid. Yeah, yeah, you know, it is, like, but it's like everywhere, you know. It's obviously, you know, like all cities, the people spread in, spread out. They have to go out and out and out to afford, you know, uh, uh, better houses. So even now, you know, you have got the developments, Peckham Village. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> new houses. <laughs> but your oh, pagan village, but even a lot of the 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 the, the pubs which people moan about now are oh, well, the old pubs they're into gastro pubs and like right, yeah what's mm-hmm. what's yeah, wrong well, with that yeah very you know, nice why not yeah give Have a nice meal know, take your yeah, kids why oh, can't I enjoy mm. it you know it's so even you know it's all starting to to, to sort of change but the High Street I must say because of the, the 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 sort of diversity there you know the High Street hasn't changed much you know because of the same sort of stores there you know where, you know um, which is great uh, so I, I think it's got a great mix actually and great. You know, it's, you can tell I'm old now, you know, oh, great sort of like um, uh, transport, <laughs> you know what I mean? The buses and the the train station, all that sort of stuff, yeah. which that's why it's attractive to people to go and move there. It's mm. great. So you're proud of being
0: uh, from this part Yeah, of very the much country. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Obviously, if you say Peckham or, you know, the South is like, they all think falls fools, and only you go, fools yeah, and all sorts right. okay, <laughs> <Dale yeah. boy>. games. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But it's, uh, no, I, I like it. I like it all around there. And it's, you know, and over the, the you know, obviously, sort of, it never really, well, I think I was about sixteen when I went. Literally, North of the River, almost a cliche, isn't it? But um, so everything was all ran there. Whether it's there, Forest Hill, you know, all, all those those sort of uh, areas. You know, obviously Brixton was great. You know, you go down on Saturdays and because loads of mates there and all that sort of stuff.
0: No, I like it. I like it. So you've, I mean, your very very early days has become quite a sort of famous story, hasn't it, of being left in a carrier bag? Yeah, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. just sort of recount what what yeah, happened? Yeah. Well, basically, I was I was left at,
1: uh, I was left at Guy's at the a and e and then in a car uh, in a carry bag in a yeah, harrods carrier so and then so i went into um in into uh in the carers adopted when i was five and uh, basically uh my mum was a
0: a cleaner at that the, the, uh, sorry you're, my, my adopted yeah i don't adopted, know the birth no. parents do you not you not know who they are no at all? no no, yeah, no and no. you've never bothered to or had no, an interest no, in finding no. out because my my older
1: brother was adopted as well we're not uh, we're not natural brothers, but he was in the same home. So when he went, because it was really weird, it wouldn't happen now. But the, like, because she was a cleaner, go, oh, I take him out for the weekend. Can you imagine that happening now? You know. So all of a sudden, the brother, he'd, he'd went, off, he'd go off, and so it, I thought that was the natural sort of progression. So like, you're in home, and then well, he went off, and then all of a sudden he's living there, and then I'd go at weekends, and you know, and then. And then eventually lived there and I thought, oh that's that's how it that's how it works. So I didn't really worry about it quite frankly. I thought it was uh, you know, I thought it was all right. So what, what's your earliest
0: memory from, from that?
1: Um time? Uh, well basically I, I, I quite enjoyed uh the, the 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 home. I think it was like a big old Victorian four story you know loads of kids bunk beds and i i thought it was great so it was a foster home was it or uh, yeah we would come out so it, yeah it was, it was a, a it was a, a council a state sort of uh uh-huh. care home and then from there then went into the it, it would go through a period of fostering with my parents and then they would adopt so right. it's it in that sort of process but bizarrely it was really easy for them because well basically literally she used to go well i'll take him home for the weekend if you want you know and he, off he went and it, that's Mad, crazy. really, in it. It's no, no formal adoption process apart from. Well, yeah, later on there later was, but on. at that stage, you, could, you know, she, she, because she worked there as the cleaner, they, they go, yeah, take a moment, you know. i so say you imagine that happening now, but I thought it was all right. So there's obviously there's always you know the the, the, the stories everywhere about you know sort of you know physical and, and sexual abuse and like. We had nothing. I thought it was great. You know, just kids running around and you know not doing much of anything really. So you have got happy right. memories of your. Yeah, yeah, early, I thought it was great, childhood. and then obviously because they had this 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 older kid, who then become. My older brother, if if you like, and and uh, so basically, I just took cues off him. I thought, well, he knows what he's doing, he, he, you know, in this sort of you know living in a house sort of business, and uh, yeah, it worked worked great. I've you know no problems at all. So I've never bothered to you know find out who natural parents were and why you know. why did that not interest you? Uh, do you know what they well yeah you know, certainly what I didn't want to do was was upset mum and dad, um, and I didn't know if I would. But uh, I thought, well, yeah, they're the ones who've, who've been looking after me and done all the. Are they you know, still around? Uh, no, both dead now. You know, uh, Mum died um, last year, uh-huh. and uh, so I thought, well, that's all right. You know, they're, they're the ones who looked after you, done all the, the, you know, the stuff they got to do as a kid. So I thought, well, oh, great. I, you know, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. And again, my older brother didn't do it, and I thought, well, yeah, I'll just take care of him. And he said, well, why? Doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And he was
0: right. So no, yeah, it was all right. And growing up in Peckham as a as a teenager, you got into a few scrapes, as I understand it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, would, were you hanging around with a dodgy crowd, or were you? Yeah. Or was it yeah. just kids in those I days? Think, well, it's, just-
1: it, yeah, it was. Well, it was a mixture, really. It was. It was like you know,
0: because you know, you're
1: always hanging around because there's not much to do, you know. So you're always hanging around. But the thing you wanted was money. Because you wanted money to buy whatever the fashion was and whatever this was, all that. So I have done loads and loads of jobs. You know, worked on a fruit store and washing car, cu- You know, all that sort of stuff over the weekends. And then uh, I even got a job out of um, at a Brixton at one of the yards there, delivering uh, Britvic fruit mixers and all that. So it was just like I don't know. There was more kids working on those lorries than were in school. You know, all that sort of stuff going on. You just go up Cricklewood and load up and then do, um, you know, sort of weird sort of d- delivering to pubs and all that. But it was all about money, and and what what I started to to do was really get really annoyed with people in as far as I was concerned had it. And I think, well, you know, they've got their cars, they've got this and all that. And I go, well, why haven't I got that? Yeah. Without thinking. Do you know yeah. what? They got? They go to work and they, they work hard. And oh, they, I know, I read that in the book. And yeah, y- yeah, you yeah. said
0: you were really angry about it. Yeah, that.
1: really angry about it. So why have they got that? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I should be having that as well. Uh, without realising you've really got the, like, first of all, get an education, get a job that's going to pay you. To yeah, that, it's not you know. just an entire Yeah, so, and then, so it really turned to, to getting angry, really, with no reason because they weren't looking beyond anything from apart from... Where I lived, so you know, and then you know, you know, keying cars and all that, and 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 then, well, breaking in places, just nicking stuff. And nine out of ten times, didn't you know. We we stole some checks once uh that were written to like the gas company or whatever it was. You know, not a clue what to do with them. But we thought, right, we got some money here. But it was so thick, we didn't know even know what to do with them. You know, we didn't. You know, we signed off to the, you know, British Gas or whatever. We're not going to get any money. But what it was was about taking, and that's what it was. Sometimes we'd have stuff or you know, and. I don't know. If, we'd even if there was nothing to, to nick, we'd nick a bit of furniture and try and sell it to a second-hand shop. You know what I mean? And get about like two quid or something for a chair. Well, was this a group of you running around? It was a group. Yeah, it was a group. Yeah, brother had nothing to do with it. Cause he, but he um, was it was a lot older than me. There was there was a eleven-year-old difference. So he's, um we would then be sort of you know just nicking stuff to get money, but it was all sort of short-term gain. So it really didn't. It really wasn't like had um, any aim to it really apart from getting sort of payback on people. I didn't know thinking that they had more than me, so they shouldn't have it. I should have it and be, and be angry about it. Uh, and yeah.
0: And so literally just like escalated from there. When really. you look back on that, can you, believe you that that, that was you you wouldn't do that sort of stuff obviously no today, not at all
1: i think it, it's that that whole thing of of not understanding that Well, the reason they got all the gear is because they're you know they're they're not sort of privileged they are not listening they just got the well they do you know they you know
0: you've got a couple there you know working on ourselves does that help you understand the mindset of today's youth for example <laughs> yeah in-
1: I do, yeah it's, it's quite interesting because the, the, some of the stuff i do now is uh, go into uh, uh, prisons and um, uh, youth offender institutions, you know, sort of juvenile detention and all that. And it, it's more or less the same sort of thing. There is this, 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 this anger, uh, which I think is my- magnified now. And, you know, it, it's because there's more exposure to the good stuff and, and, Everybody that they're looking up to, or you know, everybody's made a million, or they, you know, we they haven't. The reality is they haven't, but you know, everybody's doing this, and they got these trainers, or that, you know, and then the fact it's more extreme, isn't it? It's more extreme, yeah. and it because there's more exposure. So whether it's you know whether they're watching TV, film, music industry, and anything basically. So and obviously the you know the, the the there's there's they want it. There's the anger that they're not getting it. Everyone wants to be a footballer or a rapper because that's where they're going to make the money. Footballer or a rapper? Or a rapper? Rapper. They think <laughs> that's where you're going to yeah. make the money. You're going, lads. But like for every million that are trying that, maybe two is going to get it. You know. Yeah. So the reality is, so yeah, and it's the sort of same. There's there's, a, there's the same emotion there, but it, I think it's, it's more magnified now because there's more exposure to all those, those if if you like, those extremes that, you know, you can have it if you want it sort of thing. And you mm-hmm. go, well, no, you can't, you mm-hmm. know. You've got to get an education and you've got to find a way mm-hmm. of, 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 of making it.
0: Yeah. This ties in nicely with the issue of uh, literacy or illiteracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I understand when you you did, you did went to Borsal, I think, for yeah. a while, didn't you? And then yeah, you yeah, yeah, then, then yeah. Then yeah. You, it's part of that short, sharp shock. Yeah, and then I think you went to join the, the army. army. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was it there that you found out you had a reading age of, of, of um, nine, yeah, nine? Yeah, which is now key when stage you were sixteen two. or seventeen. Sixteen. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so it's uh, and, and basically, you know it's, it's my fault because I really just couldn't be bothered with, with school because it was like almost like a waiting room. You know, I'll oh, get out of here. So you know I mean? you, did you play truant a lot of school? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that the, you know, and, and certainly during during that period of time, you know, the, the, certainly with, with, within education, you know, like, loads of supply teachers, all that sort of stuff going on. Say so could just slipped through the cracks it was easy it mm. was basically easy because I thought well I didn't need that because as far as I was concerned was that as I was getting older the, then there was there was sort of just a few jobs that I could get which would be alright so we're on the council great so I'll get on a council list in my naivety, I'll get on a council list. I'll get a flat brilliant that's not that's not a drama I'll get a flat I work for London transport as a bus driver a tube driver Brilliant, because the, the by then, the docks were the, down in decline, so the jobs for life, and we had some mates whose dads were like doctors, dockers. That was all on, on the way down anyway, so no longer in the docker, uh, no longer looking at, at the docks. Uh, there's no way I could get a, a job on the print, um, obviously, the, because the unions, the chapters, and you need to have an uncle there or a cousin there mm, and all sure. that. And there was a couple of lads. Close to, shop. To, yeah, really yeah. close shop. So there's no way I could get on the print. So it was London Transport, or it was this thing called a panel beater, that apparently you earned loads of money. Nobody knew where it was. But it was like, yeah, well, if you're... repairing be- all the cars you yeah. keep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. i making business Yeah. And it was that, that was it. And it was like, well, I'll become panel beer. But nobody really knew what that was. But then, and that was it. So I think, right, uh, that would be all right. I'll do that. And of course, you know, we're on the council. That'd be great. I'll get a flat and, you know, Mark III Cortina. Cracked it. Um, so that was out as, as, as far as it sort of went. So I didn't really bother with... Education. And it wasn't until I got into the army. The reason why I landed up in the infantry, as opposed to I watched the film about like becoming a helicopter pilot. We all did. We thought great, you know. And then clearly there's no way we're going to get near a helicopter, let alone like fly one. Um, landed up in the infantry because the the guy uh the the educator, the, the army education corps at the time it says it's got a different name now. But actually, you know, he came in. He changed all our lives, literally changed our lives because he came in. What's the profanity here? Can It's
0: got explicit ratings, so you can oh, say great, what yeah. you want. So
1: basically, we, 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 you know, for the first three months at this, what's called Infantry Junior Leaders Battalion, it was all the stuff he thought, you know, it's like assault courses and marching, mm. and all that sort of stuff going on. And then on, on about the third month, we got marched off to the Army Education Centre. I didn't even know they had schools. I didn't even know they had an army education corps. I'm not know. sure I did. Yeah, no, yeah, like, and we went, and then, um, uh, so we're all sitting there in the army now saying, no, shut up, sit at the desk. And then to us, like 16 year old, you know, 16 coming on 17 year old sort of uh, 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 young lads, the world's oldest soldier coming through the door. Um, anyway, I knew by now I know he's 40. Because <laughs> it it like, well, he? <laughs> the infantry's quite young anyway, you know, yeah. all of a sudden the world's oldest soldier comes through the door. So this lad, I'd done his twenty-two years in, in the in the uh, in the infantry and become a regimental sergeant major. It's quite a big deal in the infantry. Got a commission as a captain, but chose to join the uh, go back to the army education corps, and to go back to the junior leaders battalions and uh, teach junior leaders because he was one years and years ago. And what he done? Is he changed their lives. He came in and basically said, he said, we were right on the edge of the camp, and there was like. You know the fence and the barbed wire, all that sort of stuff. And there was a place, there's a town called Cheriton, which was over the way over the playing field. So you just see the roofs, and he went, "That lot over there think you lot in here are thick as shit, you know, because you're, you're 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 in the infantry." And he said, "You're not you're not thick. You're just uneducated. You know, the only reason you lot like can't read and write is because you, you know you don't. So th- it's going to change. This is what you're going to do." And um, it was then he explained, well, because everybody. Had the numeracy machine literacy between a nine and eleven year old, and that's everybody, why. everybody, everybody, in your everybody there. No, actually, that's an exaggeration. But there was the 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 if the you majority. like the the majority, and that's why you're in the you know that's why you're in the infantry. Uh, yeah, there was some there was some you know s- smart lads there. But basically, the the as you go through like a selection process in the military, sort of obviously there's no way you're going to be a mechanic, and no way you're going to be a helicopter pilot, mm. and you're going down. So the last opening is the 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 infantry and in fact the infantry then would take uh, soldiers with a reading age of uh 6 of a 6 year old it's gone up now it's gone up now and it's key stage 2 but still now you know you're looking at the 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 I would say, not the vast majority, but a majority of soldiers now entering the infantry are still
0: key stage two. Not thick, they're, just, they're not educated. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they've either been deprived of education, not fitted in mainstream. Exactly.
1: And again, it's not a, a, a vast majority, but there is a majority who, who you know, almost cliches coming from broken homes, predominantly in inner cities, mm. uh, low education. And uh, the, the so from a military point of view, it's not so much well what we've got is a low standard. it's go right well no that that's where they are this is where we're going to get them so military education all free services it's an amazing setup it really is there's there's people like Sutton Trust you know the, the people looking at social mobility within the UK saying so, the only place where there's true social mobility left is within the military you know not only the the people who who go there because of the and, and not only sort of getting education but further education but also their kids because there's a there's a scheme where you can get your kids into boarding school so all of a sudden your kids are getting social mobility because right. whether we like it or not if they're going to a boarding school they're going to get a better standard of education all that sort of stuff so there's social mobility there as well so there's the real true social mobility which I didn't think about well I didn't even realise but you know, so 16. when this
0: guy comes in this 40 year old ancient yeah, bloke yeah, comes yeah. in ancient, and says uh, you're, you're, captain, gonna, yeah. you're not thick you're going to learn to read really like everybody yeah, else yeah, yeah, there, how did that make you feel? Did, you, did did the penny drop at that point? I think,
1: uh, no, not actually, do, drop in, in, in that way. It was it. what happened. It was, I realized that, yeah, it all made sense because then the uh, like now, you know, the 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 the, the newspaper the, the squad has always been the sun, so look, there's a thing called an affy break, you know, I think it's 10 to half past. So, we all used to go to the naffy, get a pint and vimto. And a uh, state kidney pie, but I sun, And obviously it's like page three is easy enough and there's not a lot of writing on, on that. But turn over to sports pages, it, it, it's, there was words that I couldn't read, even even uh, in, in, in tabloid. But I used to bluff it and make it up and probably get it all, all wrong. So I thought, ah, that, that will make sense. But the beauty of what he said, he said, it's no big deal. We, you know, the only reason you don't do it or can't do it because you don't. Never done it, so this is what we're going to do. And because you're in the army, this is what we do. So it all become part of what you do if, you, if you're in the, in the army. And he said, look, once we've got you going, it's going to be infectious. That is like, you know, I oh, know it. You've, I've cracked it. You know what I mean? What we're going to do is get you reading. Everybody started uh, the reading. So the um, first book we all read we had a week to go through this because it wasn't sort of going to school. It was all part of the training. So you have like, you know, maybe a, a, a session every sort of other day, that sort of thing. But we was given um, uh, Janet and John book 10, which was like for a 10-year-old.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, thing. I remember them.
1: And uh, so Janet John, I don't know, there's pictures on one page mm, you know, A couple of words, yeah. Uh, you know, Janet and John climbing trees or whatever they're mm. doing. And then on the back there's the vocabulary and – and uh, so, at the end of the of the week, what we would do, we'd go and see him at, at different times, and individually read Janet and John to him, uh, read uh, read out the vocabulary at the back, what the word meant, and spell it. And uh, and for me, he went All right, close a book, Didn't close a book, and he said, right, remember the feeling you're going to get tonight. So you know what? I've just read a book, and it didn't kill me. And I went, yes, sir, I just wanted to get away, but he was right, of course. And that really then started the whole process of. Of uh, you know, sort of reading, which then moved into you know, uh, you know, grammar, or all the you know, literally from basic sentence structure onwards, would be learning, which still happens now at Caterick, where the infantry soldiers are trained now, um, as part of their basic training. Um, and and if they don't get to a certain academic level during their 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 28 weeks basic training, what happens is that they send them to Darlington College which is the local town uh, up, up in the northwest? So these lads then go to Darlington College and they're there for a couple of weeks. And again, sentence structure and all that. And I are saying, it's all right. You know, you, you're not thick. You just don't know it. And we're going to show you it. And then, and then you can go to your battalion. And it's great.
0: And it works. It's, it's an incredible, fantastic... I mean, the, the thought of young, you know, hard-as-nailed boys in yeah. you know, in the infantry le- reading Janet and John yeah, books is yeah, yeah. just remarkable.
1: Yeah. Like, because it, within that atmosphere, you go, it's all right. You know what? We're doing improving you, you know, because you're one of us now. Yeah. And that's that whole process. So is they're like, wrapping a family arm do. around you as well, yeah, making yeah, you feel yeah, part yeah, yeah, of there. something. There's almost a, a, like a pastoral care to it, you know, and they go, it's all right. Don't worry about it. That was then. This is now.
0: So you have got a huge amount to be thankful and grateful for to this... F- v- uh, no, very, this, much this so. very much so. Very much so. Do you know who he was? Do you know uh, who he
1: was? No, 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 no. I'm always asked that. Either, you know, yeah. Like 16 or going, oh, right, you know, what he was, Captain, like whatever, you know. Yeah. But it, it – it, and that's why I go into – I go into military units, both training establishments and, and you know, infantry battalions because there's that continuous – even when you're in your unit, uh, and even when you get out of the military, there's funds available for further education, that sort of stuff. And just say – so what I do I do? All the Special Air Service war stories, you know, all the lads love all that talk about working Hollywood, all that sort of stuff, and go, lads, none of that would have happened unless I would taken I re- advantage that's, that's of the system. That's what I meant by saying you've got a lot yeah, to be yeah, grateful to yeah, do, yeah, for no, this absolutely. guy. And the or the army works. in general, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, system works. It's great.
0: Yeah. So... You learnt a love of reading. Did you start to read, you know, for, for pleasure? Uh, yeah, soon, yeah, straight yeah, away? yeah, Were you too in fact, busy yeah, in the She was right.
1: No, no, it was all. He was absolutely right. It becomes infectious. You know, once you get in, it, 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 it's you know, you're addicted. So certainly the books everybody was reading at that time. there was a, uh, I think it was a Danish writer called Sven Hassel, and Sven Hassel wrote all these these uh, these these stories about the Waffen SS on the Eastern Front. And apparently the backstory was, you know, he was one of the Danes who joined the Waffen-SS and fought on the Russian front, all that sort of stuff. And his books are still banned from the Danish public library because <laughs> he'd like, because he fought for the Germans or something. But he wrote these books anyway. So it, so basically it was about infantry soldiers on the Russian front. And it, it, within sort of the, the battalion, that become the the thing, everybody wanted to read Sven Hassel. And I think I can't remember, it was 12, 13, 14 books or whatever. So everybody, you know, the credibility of, of going through all the Sven Hassel
0: books, which I'd it only took a couple of years, but yeah, yeah, sort of, that, and that, that got me into it really. Hmm. And then obviously, you spent several years in the army, both the um, yeah, 18, the, the yeah. infantry yeah. and later, You know, more you yeah. left as the SAS, yeah. the leader of yeah. a, um is it a regiment? Okay, it's
1: called the regiment. The regiment. Yeah, the regiment. yeah, they're called Special Air Service or the SAS, and all that. It's just a media thing. Nobody calls it that. So within within the military sort of system, it's just simply called the regiment. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I don't want to recount all the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the incidents yeah. and uh, everything that went on there, but you you went through some pretty sort of uh, sticky situations, not least in Northern Ireland where yeah. you, where you served. Uh, well, you, you were undercover in Northern Ireland. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. It was a
1: part of. Well, I'd done i done two things there. I done, obviously I'd done the, the infantry battalion, what they call the emergency tours, but when I was in um uh, uh the, was in the regiment, basically I'd done what was called a troop tour. Which is a special air service contingent in Northern Ireland, which is undercover. You know, I had this haircut. It looked like Michael Jackson' the termed haircut, <laughs> like, you know, Michael Jackson, 1985. Or something. And then because people like myself, who've been brought up in and in estates and within those sort of areas, uh, we, because of that work within the, within the regiment, within the troop there in Northern Ireland, get approached by a group called Fortin Intelligence Group, who say, do you want to work with us for, for uh, back in Northern Ireland undercover? it's a really weird system because they ask you, but you're going whether you like it or not. So it's like you go, yeah, yeah. So it makes it, you know, they go, Good. So you, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you said you wanted to come. You go, well, I'm going anyway, aren't I? Yeah. But so basically, so the the, the undercover work there with myself and another guy at the same uh, squadron, we uh, went to uh, to Derry for two years. And the idea is, is is if you're then picking people like myself who brought up uh, in housing estates and you know the same sort of architecture, the same spa shops, all that sort of stuff. So basically, unconsciously, you 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 have confidence going into this place because they're the not. Uh, yeah, because what happens is that that. People are very wary in those environments anyway, particularly young mothers with children. You know, there's this instinctive protection. And they, don't, they won't go, oh, there's an undercover operator. But they go, well, saying wrong here. So if you unconsciously have got confidence as you walk in because you're, you're aware of these environments because you're brought up, it then it helps you a lot uh, getting into these places. And they're right, the, the system does work. So, yeah, it was up there for uh, uh, just over two years, yeah, myself and this other lad. Yeah, it was
0: great. It was good. And you saw some action there as well, yeah. didn't you? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. As well as you saw some pretty nasty action as well in Iraq. Was it Iraq when you got taken hostage?
1: In Iraq, yeah, 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 yeah in Iraq. Yeah, it, it sort of all started really the before the ground uh, before the air campaign went into the Gulf I War. Mean, this yeah, is. In the Gulf yeah. War. So it was up the, the northwest the top left hand side of um, the top left hand corner, I'd say, of, of Baghdad, and then it sort of started there, and then. What we're trying to do is was get to Syria, which is the nearest. Uh, ironically, then at that stage was the nearest sort of country of <laughs> safety. safety. Yeah, um, you normally go to what's called a war RV, which is the American or the Brit uh, embassies, um, nearest country of safety to a war RV. and because it always going wrong for us, so we was trying to, to escape. So then, and that then the the problem started over a period of, of three days to get to the border and cross the border. So uh, four of us were captured uh, on the border. Uh, three were killed on the way going
0: up to, to Three from your regiment yeah
1: yeah yeah from the, the eight-man group that I was in and only one actually escaped
0: was this the group it. known as bravo, bravo Two Zero? Bravo yeah, two and ba- zero. yeah
1: and basically what that is is a radio call sign it's the second patrol b squadron that's mm. what it means bravo 20
0: right so you got taken hostage and uh yep. i think everybody knows who's read the book you know you got brutally tortured yeah. for for many yeah, yeah, days Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. And well,
1: can't, you can see, see; can't see it because it's a podcast. That's why I got nice white <laughs> straight teeth. <laughs> you
0: have, yeah, because they're not real. real. <laughs> There's not a mark on you. <laughs> yeah, 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 nice straight teeth. Yeah, but nice new teeth. You you experienced some pretty horrific things, and and what I wanted to touch on wasn't was not so much, although we touch on the br- the brutality of it. But it, is your personality traits that yeah. saw you through? Yeah. everything, and in life in general, I yeah. suppose as yeah, well. Very much. And whilst I haven't, how many books have you written? Actually, novels have you written? In, in novels, yeah, um,
1: novels now are up. As uh, twenty 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 four. So you've even got to
0: think about. it. Oh, yeah, it's so 24, yeah, twenty four. Yeah.
1: I think it's, it's about in total now. It's about thirty three million books
0: now. You've and sold thirty three mm. million books. That's right across. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's novels, yeah. but you've yeah, done sh- some children's non-fiction. books, non-fiction. non-fiction. You've done some yeah, series. Yeah, that's the whole sort of books. gambit. Yeah. Yeah, and um, these books on uh, psych- psychopathy. Oh, psychopathy. I can't, I can't even say it. Psychopathy. Psychopathy. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a very quick break, just to remind you. If you love the show and would like to get involved, grab some cool stuff, get shout-outs on the show, have us create your very own London Legacy show, or you meet up with us in London for a coffee or something stronger, just head over to www.patreon.com forward slash yourlondonlegacy. Okay, let's carry on with the show. I read before I, I, I came to meet you because I, I wanted to find out about what makes you tick. Yeah, that, yeah. To me, that's, that's that's fascinating, if not more fascinating than some of the stories. But this it's a great book and if anyone wants to uh, to pick it up, it's called The Good Psychopath's Guide to Success. Uh, there's another one which he followed up with called Sorted, Sorted, Sorted yeah. which is, I think, more specific examples of yes, how, to, is, yeah. how to implement is, yeah. these these tactics in your everyday life. So what fascinates me about this is that is the personality traits that you and others, if I can put it, like you, exhibit in your day-to-day yeah. life and and when you look back on your life and some of the things you've experienced like you know being tortured and like mm-hmm. being undercover in northern yeah. ireland how, how these things how these traits personality traits enabled you to come through and go on to be successful and live the life you do and it just touch on some of the characteristics of what we call yeah. a, good psychopath. a good psychopath yeah it's well basically i'm, I'm, I'm categorized um for a series
1: of of, of um uh, experiments, this this guy, uh, Dr. Kevin Dutton. Yeah, so this book is co-written yeah. by you and Dr. Kevin Dutton. Kevin Dutton, Dutton who, yeah. who runs the Department of Experimental... Seems a really uh, good guy, by the uh, way. Psycho- yeah, he's a good yeah, lad. Yeah. In, uh, Oxford. Yeah. So they, they run this, there's, there's years and years of research going on about where, in theory, where people who register high on the, uh, the, the psycho range, whatever you want to call it, you know, cause we're all sort of stuck with Hannibal Lecter and all those guys yeah. and, and basically where, where, where they fit in society. And I'm, I'm sort of classified as a, as a, uh, uh, as a good functioning. Uh, psychopath, so I register uh, high on the on the spectrum. I don't know if I ought to be worried. No, you? no, yeah, the axis is. In. We're not locked out. It's it uh, in. It, yeah, but it's basically if you're looking at the, the spectrum going up to the, the, the sort of the number forty, and so really where I I, I, I fit on that. So I register at thirty six, um, and if you're looking and again, it changes. But if you're looking at um, people go, oh, they're criminally insane. Or, you know, places like Broadmoor or institutions in the United States because they use more or less the same sort of system to identify. That'd be around about the 34 mark. So, um, uh, register, uh, register actually, uh, Ted Bundy, the, the, the serial killer, uh, is at, at 36 as well. So we're at the same level, but the way that he, he functions is, t- is totally different. So what happens is, is that if you think of so like a music mixing desk. yeah I've got it here oh, you've yeah, yeah I've got it here so in front of with me with all the emotional traits so you've got things like fear empathy determination all these these, these ruthlessness, different things. ruthlessness impulsivity all these things yeah. if, you, if you're if you're you know I don't know if you're the I don't know if you're the Hannibal Lecters or the Ted Bundys in, in, in life basically everything is is set at a maximum or minimum so empathy boom down to zero um, fearlessness zoom up to ten. It's either totally minimum or totally maximum, and basically their foot's always on the pedal of the. They 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 know they're going to crash eventually, but they don't yeah. care. It's all right because they can't control what's going on in their their heads. People that are within the um uh this 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 small cl- classification called um uh, uh, uh good funk because you can have bad functioning psychopaths as well, but good functioning uh, um, psychopaths, basically the mixing desk they can play about. Not totally, but they can play about with the mixing desk. So the fact that all the default settings are always the same. But what happens is then within you know within the society, you understand that you've got a function within society. So if, say, for instance, we've got, like, empathy. So empathy is, is, is default, is because of quite high on the spectrum, is, is, is zero. And then, uh, you know, you come in and you're all upset and see you crying and all that. I so, say, well, uh, you yeah, know, obviously you're upset about something. So, uh, right, well, you got, all right, you've got to ask. So right, what's the matter? And you go, oh, the cat's dead. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. care. It's it's like because it's you know, and it's not horrible. It's not. It's just. Like, yeah, it's okay. just is. Let's okay, Yeah. yeah. Nothing to do with me. It's like you know. However, I know you care. So then, what I do? And what the the the, the functioning psychopaths? What it can do is is develop what's called cold empathy. And when you're all rigged up, you know the machines, you can see the neurons working. And it's I know I've got to do something because he's upset. So I know I've got to do something. And then sometimes you get it wrong. So I'll get him some flowers. That's what you do. So it's It's, almost learnt behaviour to to, to, to mask your lack of empathy. It is is a a, a learnt behaviour in that way and it is a mask. So you're you're doing it because you understand that you're upset and you go, well, it's fine. You know, it doesn't concern me. But actually, I know you're upset. So within that, that that space where you live well you need to do something a, a, about that you know to make them feel better so you know get, get it all wrong you buy, buy your flowers or something rather than getting the day off or something but you know they've got to do stuff so it works quite well and it was an only oh, whenever it was maybe uh, maybe about eight years ago when, when these i was asked to carry out uh, conduct these these experiments there uh, at cambridge and um when all you know the different results coming in because when we done the first lot rounds of tests it was a couple of days you know you do like um, uh, the, the verbal type you know yeah. when, when was the first time you saw your mum and you know, all that sort of stuff going through all that sort yes, of uh, to get a uh, benchmark you know, yeah, be, yeah benchmark sort of therapy then you do the clinical trials for all the you know with all the, the attachments on so those results uh, became in academia became quite famous because the, of, of where they registered um, and then I had to do them again because that would be another compliance team
0: come in. Because they weren't too sure, because <laughs> to sure anyway, the, the really? so they were
1: really. So they sent in another
0: compliance team.
1: So we had to do it again to make sure that. Because
0: wasn't the one of the worked. tests where they read you up with all the ECG monitors? Yeah, yeah, and, 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 they, the- and they made you watch some pretty gruesome yeah, yeah, footage. There's,
1: yeah, There's 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 a series of things that that that, that happen. There's there's uh, there's different sort of visual sensory stuff. There's audio sensory uh, sensory stuff. There's the Q and A's. There's all that, and then the, this sort of aggressive type therapy that they do. Uh, they do that beforehand. Uh, before you go on to the clinical trials, and there's some there's some muscles just behind the the eye that you have no control of. No, so there's a natural reflex. You can counter them, but once they're done, they're done. So you get all these these areas up, and this is what for them was. We need to do it again because we need another compliance team because the muscles didn't react um, to the audio and the, which is a, a gold standard sort of uh, test uh, within uh, with worldwide it was, it was developed by a Canadian guy, and um, so the muscles didn't react, and I went right. What well, is something wrong here? He's, he's wrong. All the machines wrong. So uh,
0: that's why we had. To so this is your physical,
1: react rea- reflex the, yeah, reaction to what yeah, you were it's seeing. It's physical then, and basically the the, the skull caps sixty four. Sort of uh, electrodes that are put onto different areas of the brain, so that you can see where the neurons are going, and then you get ECGs, and uh,
0: you get these. Uh, so a regular sort of non non psychopath would have would have responded in a it's different, different way, and then yeah. The, the, yeah, the graph yeah. would even, have gone. And even
1: if you're trying to control it, there's 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 that there's a muscle set uh, uh, on on each eye that can't be controlled, can't be. Controlled. Does that
0: mean you're immune to things like violence, for example. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. having seen it, obviously witnessed it firsthand, yeah. and participated in yeah. it, w- were you were you cold? Were you lacking in empathy? Um, in, yeah, or,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it, it's not in a way that, because obviously we're conditioned by what we see on the TV, and uh, you know, all that sort of, you know, Dexter-type characters and all yeah. like, that. But it's actually, it and, and still it's just looking at it as a job. So as far as I'm concerned in the military, it's done 18 years, 8 in the infantry, 10 in the special air service. And then as far as I was concerned, what was going on? They were uh, paying me, educating me, all the the good stuff going on. So that was their part of the deal. My part of the deal is to, you know, do what whatever I was I was sent to do. So, excuse me. One of the downsides was I go, oh, we want some lad to go and do this. You know, again, they're not called missions in the special episode, they're called jobs. Right? There's this job. Anybody do that? I go, yeah, I'll do that. So you go off and, you know, hence all the you know, all the medals and all that sort of stuff. It, it, it's because basically, I go, yeah, I'll go and do that. So that's fearlessness as well, which
0: is one yeah, of the yeah, things.
1: It's, yeah, because it's not as in fearlessness if if you, you look at something in a way that they're overcoming fear and they're getting in a job. It's that you just don't feel it. <laughs> it's like, you know, and if I don't want to do it, I won't do it. But yeah, I'll do that.
0: And is that all these traits of fearlessness and empathy and charm and mental toughness, have these been traits that you've carried through? post yeah. you know into your sort of uh, Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cuz right that's what
1: well. they are cuz it all stems from a, 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 a sort of a, a small Part of the brain called the amygdala the amygdala yes. so the amygdala gives you you know empathy fear it's uh, it, you know fight and flight all those sort of things M- mine doesn't work which is one of you know the classic sort of um, you know diagnosis of, of people who ha- uh, register high on the spectrum it's rather than like sociopath and all this this is a clinical sort of thing and the reason just the neurons work differently mm. in the brain so it bypasses a lot of the the, the stuff that would well, actually, which makes us quite successful as as a species, you know, the fight and flight. Certainly, if we go back Neanderthal times, or well, actually, you no, know, a bit bit later than that, where that decision to run, you know, as a saber tooth tiger, run, mm-hmm. um, and got all that. So basically, instead of running, you sort of look, <laughs> you go, well, what is it, you know? So uh, and then what you think is two things, you know, it's it, you know, can you shag it or can you eat it? <laughs>
0: And that's it. <laughs> that's
1: it. That's basically it. So it works in a different way. Yes, it works in a different way. So you know, taking it down to the, the sort of base level in, in looking at something like yeah. that, and obviously within you know societies, you know, obviously there's a, you know there's a lot more to, to consider. Um, but it's just just looking at the world. And go right. Well, that's that's how it all works. So how do I sort? How do I sort myself out
0: in it? But he made some useful uh, comparisons to other people in in, in everyday, well, everyday life, like neurosurgeons, for example, yes, totally. Who,
1: totally. who
0: have to completely disassociate yes, themselves totally, from, the, from what totally. they're doing. And, they, you know, if you're looking at the the,
1: the groups where, where you know, uh, uh, functioning good psychopaths exist in the military, um, in medicine, particularly neurosurgery, where literally if they get it wrong, less than a millimetre, you know, that's it. The person is, you know, I don't know, a vegetable, takes the extremes of a vegetable. And they go, OK, well, that's what you've got to do. Tomorrow I've got to do it again. So I'm not worried about this guy if he's done. You know, so had I on.
0: known about this when I went in for my back surgery yeah. and, and the bloke was operating within millimetres yeah, of my spinal cord, I'm, I'm I don't know. Yeah,
1: get a functioning <laughs> psychopath. I think, you know. And, and I, sh- I should have tested him before I went exactly. into surgery. <laughs> exactly, yeah, do, get, get him scaled up. <laughs> Please, I want a but psychopath. I think all that, you know, in, in, the, in the medical, uh, sorry, medical profession, in the legal profession as well. So if you're getting, um, you know, you're, you're getting a, uh, uh, I don't know, you're getting a barrister who's, Literally ripping apart a young woman who's been raped, uh, making mm. her the, you know, making it her fault. And then literally go back and have daughters the same age and have dinner and chat away and all that. And then go back the next day and rip her apart again, okay. knowing that he's ripping her apart, knowing that she's a victim. And I'm like, but that's not his job. Mm. So, you know, that, that whole point of uh, just getting on with a job as opposed to the, the, the people around it worrying about that. Um, finance. There's a lot of people in in, in working in in finance. He said
0: stockbrokers and. Stockbrokers, all
1: that. And then, so, you know, there's, there's, um, uh, uh, you know, a lot of arguments where it was functioning psychopaths that got us into the uh, 208 (laughs) crash. (laughs) But ironically, we wanted those people to get us back out, you know, so the same, that's why they're still there, because they were needed to get people out. And myself and. um, uh uh, uh dutton we uh done some work with um the what I call ourselves the friends of wall Street so what it was Do they have they, any? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted they wanted to be seen as all cuddly again yeah. you know so he's trying to work out it's uh, how, how they can sort of make themselves a bit more cuddly now that they've you know they've got you know, they've got out of the crash but um there's many sort of you know areas where the, these people are uh are, are functioning'm not saying that everybody is you know because it's Within the spectrum is less than 1% of the general population. Within that, there's different sort of subsects. So we're sort of way down, you know, know, sort of point, sort of, you know, Mm. You know, zero, one percent of the population who are actually functioning, who do all right. And then obviously the, going all the way up into whether the people in, in Broadmare have got, you know, serial killers and, the, you know, all so the, the people. So
0: they're the bad psychopaths. So yeah, they're the, the ones, ones who yeah. can't control. They can't their, control their, the it And that. Yeah.
1: But the beauty of it, they don't care. <laughs> you just yeah, said that's, that, that's the wonder. So it's, I, I went with, we've done. Oh, years ago, down, um, uh, to Broadmoor, where he, he was he was conducting interviews. So when is his bag carrier? So because I just wanted to go down there, and uh, it went in, and again because of you brought up in on the media and seeing what's going on, you expect it all be loud and like it's not. It's like definitely quiet because all these people are predators. So everybody's quiet. They're all looking around, seeing what they you know, and everybody's really overweight because they get money, they do jobs, they get money, but all they can buy is a bit of soap powder and, and chocolate. And they just eat chocolate all day. <laughs> and they're huge. And this guy come in, and he was a serial rapist, and he's, he's chatting away with Dutton. And um, it was about being incarcerated. He goes, well, I'm not incarcerated he said, because it's all in the mind. Mm. He says, I'm all right. Mm. He says, and he was going to that. He says, you're the one who's incarcerated. Mm. You've got a job. you got this. you got mm. that and all yeah. that. And then I'm sitting just in the corner there doing a the bag carrier, just, you know, taking it in. And he said, ask him. He'll know. <laughs> because what there is, it's almost like little aliens. Like you can identify each other. He said, and it really didn't happen until... I was told because I understood after the, after the clinical trials. But he's absolutely right. You can sort of get a sense on on people, uh, and this guy just went, "Yeah, no," because he's one of us. I go, "No, mate, I'm not.
0: <laughs> I'm not one of you. I'm not eating all that chocolate for sure." But again, that's disassociating yourself, isn't it, from yeah. certain activities which which you had to do yeah, yeah, when yeah, you were yeah. when and you were being tortured. So
1: these guys, they you know they, they 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 don't feel incarcerated. It's just it's just where they are, and it's yeah. You know,
0: yeah, it's fascinating because I don't know if you've read the book is it Victor Frankl the um uh, man's search for meaning. Yeah, 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 I've so, yeah, really, he, yeah. he was incarcerated in uh, in Auschwitz and he yeah. looked, everyone was, you know, yeah. murdered. And it's the story of how he overcame yeah. his time in Auschwitz uh, and then went on to become a very successful uh, psychiatrist. Yeah. But it's the way he framed his, his exactly. being the there, the the um the meaning he yeah. put he, he put on it. Yeah. being there yeah so he didn't believe he said you can't you can incarcerate my body but you can't as you just exactly. said you can't take exactly. my mind and that's exactly. that's the impression i well that's what yeah. you said in your book when well, you said yeah. you know because ultimately you know it's so the way i think about it, ultimately no matter what's going on around you uh the only thing you've got control of is yourself so why worry about anything else so why, why no do you think there is so much anxiety in a in, in medical sense today you know people claiming well, not claiming being being diagnosed with anxiety disorders and mental yeah, yeah, health yeah. issues today do you think it's because they they're not putting the correct interpretation on what's going on in their life they're not they're they're looking forward and they're looking back yeah 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 but but within
1: within society it's certainly western society we 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 we, we encourage it anyway because there's that that, that that, that sense of self, and so therefore a sense of self and self sense of entitlement. And I think that it's always been there. The things that self harmless in the last ten years, you know, self harm. I think self harm's always been there, but now people feel that they've got the capability to talk about it, to 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 go and seek help about it. You know, we're just going through the mental health sort of opening of the doors where people are, are coming out and will freely say that they've got a mental health issue, which is great. And I think that that's always been there. But it's been certainly within you know British sort of culture where everything sort of step over lip and sort of closing down. That's starting to 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 open up, and literally it's 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 a a position of where we are you know mentally you know, sort of a you know, mental capability and and the emotion the combination of that and society letting you do it you know. Whereas I've never looked at it like that always looked at it in the point of, and still do, there's over six billion of us, like, who gives a shit? You know, you're just in charge of yourself. You know, nobody really cares. You know, just get on with it. Well, if you've got a problem, get it sorted out. Um, so it's a very, sort of, for me, it's very sort of clear cut. Um, it's all black and white to you, isn't It's it? very, no, it's very black and white. And it, it's the, the whole sort of stem of, um, the, there is a whole sort of, um, there is a whole branch of of um, psychology, black and white thinking, which stems from a way that a um, you know good or bad psychopath will think because it's very very clear, just very very clear. Everything's very very clear. So the, it's the my wife, you know, she said I live in this, this three hour loop, and that's it. And just learning. What's
0: well,
1: a, a three hour loop? Yeah, I don't care about like this morning because that's all done. I'm not particularly worried about this afternoon yet because it hasn't happened, and then I'll get on with that. This afternoon, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got loads of calls that start at half past 12. Well, I'll sort that out at half 12. What's the point of worrying about it? You know, so it's this loop. So everything's very, very clear and very, very simple, but I haven't had to like train myself to do it. So do you not it, get stressed at all? No, no, it's one it, 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 personally it's great because they really don't give a shit. The, the problem is, is making sure that within society that, Understanding that, well, actually, you do have to give a bit of shit about this, you know, because you have to get this done, and you know, whether it is a responsibility and
0: all that. And that's where the the functioning part comes in. But ultimately, no. no. Is, is that is that what has made you so productive, relentlessly productive with <laughs> your book writing? Th- I think so. Yeah, well? I, d-
1: I didn't really look at it in in that way until I, you know, certainly, you know, uh, uh, went through the, uh, the, um, uh, the 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 psychological really. tests. But yeah, it, it's basically it, it's you know Brother Two Zero was just going to be one book. I was working for a private military company in Colombia when this came out, and I said, "Do you, you want to write another book?" And I thought, well, "What do you think?" Of course, you know, no idea about how to certainly do uh, uh, fiction, but thinking right, well, well go and learn, you know. And then I got a, within sort of weeks of that, then I ended up living in uh, uh, in Los Angeles for seven months, working on a film. The director there was great; really helped me about how to tell story, all that sort of stuff. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll i learn how to do that and get on with it. I'm not, you know, again, going back to the educator, you know, I'm not thick about it. I'm just uneducated. Just get on with it, you know, because I can jump up and down and, you know, or think about it for three weeks, but it's it still get nothing done. You can do it, do it. If not, well, don't do something else. So it's a matter of getting in. And I, cause I understand I've got no sort of discernible skill, basically, you know, it's not as if I'm a doctor or a, you know, a car mechanic or something. So it's, it's out there looking at what is out there to do, you know, Getting involved in businesses, you know. This one, I've been involved in tech firms of of um um. I'd like to say develop, but help develop um uh, two tech firms that have have come up and done the you know, sell one one in the UK, one in the states. One you sold to Tesco's, done, didn't you? The, one is, yeah, the, so I one to the the Tesco's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, develop that, sell it on. There's another one that we 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 done in uh uh in the United States, which is great. Uh, and actually, we sold that to a a, a, a French company. So you say Lush, you've got yeah. no
0: specific knowledge of no. business, for example, because you were in the army of being an author. Although you're a brilliant yeah. storyteller, these are skills that you've learned. Yes. you you just dived in and said, "I'm going go- go- yeah. go- to do it." You to got to dive in, yeah, because you're only responsible
1: yourselves. You can't blame anybody. If mm. it works, great. If it doesn't, we can't blame everybody, anybody for it, because you're the one who wants
0: to do it. You're the ones who. So how it, do we get? It? How do we increase people's productivity? Is it by taking away excuses? Just say, "Get on." Well, with it? I, I think yeah. People p- people are worried. And I get it,
1: because the way that society works. People are worried about taking a jump because of criticism. People are worried about making a decision because of... Fear of, of failure. A, yeah, fear, there's this big fear of failure. Or certainly in, 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 in the UK, people is, if I want to open up, say I come to you and I go, right, I want to open up, Um, I don't know, an Ethiopian-style fish and chip shop. <laughs> You know, and, and, and they got oh, you really want to do that? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, well, it's a failure. you know. And people will like the fact that it, that it fell. Oh, well, I told him so. You know, you go to other cultures, particularly in, in, in the States, they go, great. When do you open up? So I come and buy some because that's what it's all about, isn't it? But more importantly, when it's a success, can I get into the franchise? So there's different ways of looking at things, of doing it. But so... People are very sort of wary of making the jump because they don't want to be seen as a failure. And, you know, then the world's full <laughs> of these books that go, well, failure is the road to success. Well, actually, you know, they're actually right, you know, because you've got to cock up to make understand where you've got to But you don't to set out to,
0: to fail to succeed, do
1: you? No, you set, you set no. out to succeed. And if of you course. fail, well, move on. And then you just move on. And so the cutaway for me is quite easy. Well, it's not working. Just cut away and then and get on to something else. So, and what happens is that if there's success, in whatever realm it may be, all of a sudden, three doors open because everybody wants a part of that success. So all of a sudden, you have a look at the doors and go, right, I have a go at that one. And if it doesn't work, just come out and try the other one. So, but coming out of the doors, I find quite easy. So, wow, well, just cut away. That's it.
0: Yeah, it's and remarkable. On it. If only we could take a picture of what you're. Well,
1: it, it's very yeah. It, it's it's interesting. We because it's because it, the, the 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 point of you know looking at budget, I really don't give a shit. So it's it's that in that sense. It's quite easy to come out because I'm not really bothered about what people think. Because ultimately, is like, you know, you, you know, you boil it down to all the things that people are working for and all that. Uh, you know, they, obviously they'll go for the emotional righteousness of the work and all that, but actually it boils down to money. So, like, you know, I've got houses, I've got cars, I've got all the, all the gear. So I uh, do that by trying to make sure, like, earn money by trying things.
0: But you you've become successful. I mean when you were a kid you wanted all the things that you yeah. couldn't have. That's not what's driven you as I understand from what, what you're telling me. It's driven you what's driven you are your personality traits. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll exactly. Ri- I'll write a book. And yeah. The side effect of writing a book was if you become successful. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll write another one and yeah. another one. But you well, didn't you didn't do it to get a car or become no, famous specifically. No, no, no. No, it's like
1: it's just just go on. And and literally and it wasn't only until about eight or nine years ago where I had correct formal contracts with the publishers because normally it would be um i go yeah i'll do another one do you want to do another one yeah yeah i'll do another seriously, one seriously after yeah, yeah. all those and books was, yeah so what happened was that became um uh, uh i'm a budget author so within you know the head office there on fifth avenue in the states basically i'm part of their budget because they can quantify yeah yeah, yeah your revenue 12%. streamers the revenue stream yeah. Yeah. so i said well we've got to yeah, you know, we can't just be doing this on a year by year basis, we've got to do you know the traditional sort of three to five year yeah, um, sign them uh, up contracts, and that only happened yeah, about eight years ago.
0: But how many books ago. had you written by then? Which had been
1: oh, god, loads, d- um, uh, what, over a dozen oh, oh, easy, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was probably in the high teens, yeah. yeah. So, but oh, it's always that, like, like, and then obviously, children's you know, sort of uh, uh publishers come, oh, do you, you know,
0: you, what, let's have a look at the, the children's space, yeah, okay, had you been. Were you with an advisor, or were you just been doing this all yourself? Like-
1: no, no. So now I've got no. I've got agents coming out of my house. It's, it's like you've got <laughs> you've got agents and managers and all yeah. those those things that go on. But ultimately, it's you know. So they do the contracts. You know, they've got you know. It's you know. You've got Los Angeles lawyers. they've got all that gear going on. Um, which is a good thing about lawyers in, in in states they work on commission rather than like you know quarter right. an hour increments you know? yeah, yeah yeah so that's, that's that's one of the only bonus really but ultimately there's lots of stuff that they do to you know they're the, the dealing with the work and the contracts and those sort of things but ultimately you've got to say yes or no and if you're going to do it well get on and do it and get on and do it uh, and and that's again that's what it all boils down to because I'm the only one who's got
0: control of me and that's it I haven't got control of anything else so why worry about it. As I said, I, w- I wish we could take a pinch of what you've got and sprinkle it around, you know, everyone who's sitting around wondering what they should do and how they should do it and it, fear it, yeah. of failure.
1: It is. And it really is. Panicking a fear of failure. about the future. Because everybody about the past. wants to be, you know, a, a, a success and everybody, you know, and I get it. I really I understand yeah. it. I get it. And even more, certainly, sort of, you know, younger people now, because there's so much exposure to success, well, fake mm. success, you know. Mm. And so they all want part of that. So to actually fail on the on and they the want wave, it now
0: without putting anything yeah, in as well. Yeah, of
1: course. And you, you know, again, footballer or rapper. And you go yeah. certainly some of these kids in in uh, in youth offender institutions. You go, well, mate, you want to be a footballer, you want to be a rapper. A contract for a footballer is about uh, ninety pages of contract. So you really, really not going to get an education and let a manager do that and rip you off. You won't even know what money you got where or when. And then you'll be in court ten years later. You know, trying to regain the money that he's, he's taken get an education. You're the one who, who reads it because you're the one who's signing it. Because
0: all yeah. you see is them with their pen in their hand signing, that, signing right. that bottom for shit you're right. you Oh, that's an yeah. easy contract. Exactly.
1: Read <laughs> it. Understand. And you'll yeah, make more money. Yeah. So it's really trying to sort of get a bit of reality to yeah. it.
0: Before we wrap up as a mindful of, of your, your time and your busy day, I just want wanna because you've been so prolific, what is, what is your structure? What is your process for, from uh, uh, getting an idea of a project and a book in your head to actually getting down to it? If you like, the, the process is quite structured, but actually doing it
1: is totally all over the place. So the, the, basically what will happen is I'm really left alone now um, to come up with the premise. So uh, whether it's one of the franchise books or whatever, you can come up with, with the, the premise. Then you go and have a meeting with the editor and you go, right, this is what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. And they go, yep, because again, because it's a budget thing, they can quantify it and they're great and they leave you to it. So what happens is if, say, a book is coming out in November, October, November, which is the prime time, you know, the Christmas market, all that sort of stuff. So what happens is, is, is it's always very tight. So what I do is by Easter, uh, which is great this year because Easter's late. What I have is the first draft, which is roughly I don't know forty to no more than fifty thousand words on a draft, which is the baseline for the for the book. And then um, that is really like full on trying to get it done. But uh, I do it all on laptop, so I love travelling. Um, rather than drive somewhere, always take the train, she can sit down and work. You know, I, I really like flying, all that sort of stuff because you get work done. So um, it's, it's full on, as much as, much as I can do it in, in between up to that first draft. Do you just sit down and write, or do you, yeah. you do you map out? No, like, I do the, some the mapping out at uh, the early stuff. days. Yeah, I, and I use a thing called Final Draft, which is script writing uh, software, um, which is like an industry standard yeah. for scripts within within film industry, both here in the United States. But what they've got there, in effect, they've got storyboards, which are basically post it so you you move around. Mm. But literally, I can do it because I work in a in. Um, in a, a three act structure, as if it was, it was a, you know, a, a film. So oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's prologue, set it all up. The three acts of the story, you know, present the problem, how it affects the, the people and how Resolve resolution. It, yeah. And then an epilogue, short and sharp, get out. Um, so, cause otherwise people get bored. Yeah. Short and sharp, epilogue, get out. And then, um, so that I do, and I use final draft for that because it's set up for getting it into the three acts. And also, um, I use it once the, the first draft is done. I use it for checks because what you can use it for is, and again, it's uh, what's used for scripts is right. There's principal. If you like principal actor, was he what his his exposure to supporting actor? So you want it around about the sixty percent mark. So you got you know, and because sometimes when you write, you can make a minor character even better because you start liking them. So then the geeky statistics can work out, and then once I've got that sorted on that first draft then it's all about layering because then you've got the the if you like the the luxury of ideas and developing things and moving out but it's getting that basic structure and it's normally the delivery numbers is about 120 no more than 120 thousand words so if you deliver more, they don't like it because that means there's more paper they've got to put in the book, it's which is more expensive. It's to produce. Exactly. So, it's, it's, so, what, it's so, what, so
0: what is it? I mean, this uh, Bravo oh, these 2.0. Are, yeah,
1: that would be... That, that, oh, Bravo 2.0 is about just over 100. These will be just over 100. So by the time they get edited...
0: 100,000 words.
1: 100,000 words. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. And so it, we're always in talking pages, in words.
0: Because that's what people, they pick up a book and Yeah, oh, it's about me. 400. Oh, yeah, me, that's 400. Be on,
1: on, the, on the high <laughs> 300s, yeah. That's 470. Yeah, this is 440. So, yeah, Bravo 2.0 So
0: that's about... Normal for your sort yeah, of yeah, and basically, and that's the
1: sort of the if you like the the industry standard for certainly for fiction books because people and again psychology of it people certainly if they're buying hardback they want to feel that they're getting value for money.
0: It's, it's quite it's quite a lot though, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's oh, nice to p- pick it's up and sit answer. around the pool and, and and read it during the summer. I mean, all the yeah. damn brown books. I mean, they were they yeah, were yeah, yeah, really th- thick
1: things. things, and and so you know, and there's that that combination of you can fill it, and then people won't come back and buy it. Or you can, like, get it down to, you know, likely, you know, this industry sort of standard. So you feel that you've got value for money, but then you can, you can, you can. Actually, develop a story and bring a story out, as opposed to if you was writing something like a uh, well, like one of these quick reads, which is you know anything between fifteen and twenty. I wanted to words. ask you about this quick read oh, yeah. because this is a, like like
0: it's not a charity as such, is it? But it's to help kids. Yeah, know? basically, it's it's what they call
1: emergent readers. So what these 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 quick reads were, uh, they would the idea was they get people like me to write these these short sort of um, uh, stories. No, no more than twenty thousand between 20,000 mm. words, and what happens? They, they, I think they were selling them for a quid. And Smiths and all these people were you know getting on board and the publishers were actually paying um, for the all of the process to get them to the shops anyway, all that that sort of stuff. Oh actually two nine oh, you and you've got a bar of chocolate as well. <laughs> what more do you need? So uh, nice healthy bar yeah. of chocolate. So basically the style sheet on these are quite difficult because what it's gotta be is obviously it's gotta be a story, but at the same time what you've got to be able to do is what you call emergent reading. So it's getting adults in um who you know who haven't read um, or or can't read to try and get them into that point of Addiction when I start reading. Yeah. So a lot of the the trade unions were using them within the workplace to
0: you know yeah. give to their people. No, I, I read it. it you can you can sit down and read that in in an hour. Oh, exactly. You? And yeah.
1: what what they found was people were buying the, these these quick reads um, on the commute because it was quick. And by the
0: end of the commute. They've they've done a story, and it leads into them being com, becoming fans of yours. Exactly. And, and
1: no, well, that was it. So you know, you end up doing these 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 stuff. You don't get paid for them. You know, you just end up doing it. Mm. Um, but it, it's actually quite good. I've done three of these. Um fact, I think, this is a good read. I recommend. Yeah, that, no, yeah. great. I, it, it's and this one is always given. Um, this is that if you like the starter in the prisons and the youth offender institution. Yeah. So loads of them. The publishers like throw all them about in in the in the prisons when they go down and see them. Um, and that's the, if you like... Because it's your story in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but, it, and yeah that's yeah. it. And it's the same thing, What well, I do it at the military. Going, look, if I can do it, you can't. You just, you know, look, it's not as if, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on here. You know what I mean? Because you're in prison. So why not use it? You know, why not use it? And regardless of what, you know, all the media have been saying about the lack of of, of sort of books and all that, no, there's, there's more you know, prisoners have got more access to the books than the public, you know, within the public library system. It's, it's a fact. You know, there's more libraries running around within the prison system than there is outside. So that was all a, a whole load of old nonsense. It's all there. Uh, and he's just trying to get people to use it.
0: Yeah. In fact, my previous guest, we were speaking before we went live, was uh, Jonathan Aitken, who also oh, does yeah, it. Yeah, of course. He, yeah, he's he,
1: yeah, he's in and out a lot, yeah. <laughs> he's <getting> it <laughs> Not literally, oh, he's yeah. A it yeah.
0: He was in and out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's very much out. He's a reverend and a chaplain in, yes, exactly, um, yeah. uh, I think it's Pentonville. Right. And he goes in there. And, I mean, talking about reading, he he studied voraciously when he was yeah, in, when he was actually absolutely. inside. He learnt to the Bible in Greek yeah. for a part of his uh, yeah, part of his yeah, studies. Yeah. And so, you're
1: getting you getting some amazing, you know, sort of ledger in there, and most of the drug offences, and you know the the system's really weird. It it's actually it's not as bad as the American system, but the, the system's quite weird where you've got this constant sort of reoffending, and and even the people that are working, you know, the, the you know you look from governors down, and they're going, well, it's all wrong. It says because they they you know what we have got to really do is start rehabilitating so they get out they're able to compete they get a job support the family and pay tax mm. that's all what we're after doing yeah. you know get them out get them working, paying tax
0: have you seen some successes
1: yes they're, you know they're not as in like you know hundreds but no, no, yeah, no, there are successes. And yeah, making yeah, a valuable yeah, yeah. contribution yeah, to yeah, there is, yeah. And, and, and actually it, it tends to be that like not so much the younger lads because it's all macho and all that interestingly it's it's um, it's the uh, the uh, the, uh, the the foreign uh, uh, kids that are in the Estonians and the Polish lads and all that, they're the ones who really use the education system because they're, you know, they're getting their English up and they're really switched on. Brit lads are like, you know, because they're still at that macho stage. So it's that sort of late 20s, early 30s within the prison population go, do you know what? I've got to do something here. I've got to sort myself
0: out because they tend to have a younger mm. family. I'd have thought you'd model. be the perfect role model yeah, it works, good to really to yeah, look up to you. It's for, it's yeah, right. yeah. Well, as I say, I'm, I'm mindful of your time. Um, you've been incredibly uh, gracious with it. I'm um, thank you very very yeah, much pleasure. indeed fun. Uh, so we're, we're going to wrap up now but before we do i ask all my guests uh, at this point in the conversation if they can just mention one or two places because you're born and bred in Beckham, yeah, yeah. Uh, to mention one or two places in london that are particularly personal to them it could be a walk a pub a restaurant a museum that yeah that you love and that you could recommend to our
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, Peckham Rye, (laughs) as you would do, yeah. But, uh, you know, I really, really liked it. I think, you know, obviously there's lumps of grass and all that, but then you've got the, the, you know, the the park going on in there. And literally, certainly as kids, we used to go around there, or certainly in some, just kicking balls all day and playing about. You got the fun fair there. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, And, yeah, I thought it was great. You know, amazing, because it, it was on the doorstep, you didn't really think about it until it's not. And you think, no, it was all right. You know, really love uh, all around that area uh, Peckham Rye and with that again it's almost cliche I know but Manzies Pie and Mash right yeah. I t- I d- this is a true story I'll tell you in a minute Pansy's my mash love it love it love it always do it always go to Manzies or oh, in fact I'm getting a bit posh now I go to Goddard's down in, in, in Greenwich but what I've got is I've got a mate You can get Goddard's pie and mash. They send it, you know, in a little container. Oh, right. uh, You know, with little freezer packs and all that. I've got a mate who orders it in London and he sends it to us in New York. That's that's how sad it is. (laughs) And then you're trying to get, you're trying to get Americans to eat liquor is like as if it's like ah oh, it's great though he's trying to get them on it and then they do all the the, the Sweeney Todd stories you know well it used to be human meat and all that <laughs> sort of stuff and all that and they don't get it they don't get the joke anyway but without a doubt and the, the the one at uh Tower Bridge Road Manzies uh, just uh, love it just yeah. love it really love it really really love
0: it yeah, yeah excellent well once again thank you ever so much for your oh, time pleasure. really appreciate it i didn't think it was going to happen at one point because we had it set up for a few weeks i know ago. it goes round and around it? yeah, yeah, yeah round and but round. Uh, you're a man of your word so uh thank you very much pleasure and uh you got another book coming up shortly or what's it uh, the,
1: one in in the uk there'll be one in the spring hasn't got a title yet we, <laughs> we <got> <laughs> has not got a title yet okay yeah.
0: but it's in the same theme it's yes, it, yeah, yeah it will be yeah, yeah yeah lovely great thank you ever so much and it's been a pleasure I absolutely love creating your London legacy for you, and the feedback and testimonials are awesome. But as it grows, so it consumes more and more resources. So I've joined forces with Patreon, a really cool place where you can show your love and support from just as little as $2 a month as a silver Londoner, right up to $300 per month where you get the crown jewels. Each level of subscription opens up a host of exclusive extra goodies, events, bonus shows and sponsorship opportunities only available via via Patreon. I do hope you'll continue to support what we're doing here. and I'm so grateful for whatever you feel able to give. So please head over to www.patreon.com forward slash your London legacy. That's www.patreon.com forward slash your London legacy.